0: Well, the hate is gonna hate, 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 hate. And the faker's gonna fake, 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 baby. I'm just gonna make, 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 make. Making luck, making luck. A Dominion podcast! Um,
1: who are you? <laughs> Welcome to Making <laughs> Luck. A Dominion
0: podcast. Yeah. My Dominion name is Adam.
1: Podcast. And this is Jake. Oh, thank you.
0: How you doing? Good, good. Yeah? You? I'm... Still alive, despite the best efforts of many, many people and organizations. And Mother
1: Nature, and most recently. Yeah.
0: I um, made it, man.
1: Yeah. And you also ran a marathon or something. <laughs> yes. Um, a marathon is what I ran. <laughs> or something like that. Which is kind of insane, That like... You came off the brink of starvation, and the first thing you were thinking, like, is, "I gotta work
0: out." I gotta like, <laughs> w- I've only been to the gym twice since the game, yeah. And like, my arms are killing me. I'm super weak. Like, I've gotten a lot worse at climbing, but uh, I ran a tough mutter. Yeah, that was cool. It's my fourth tough mutter. My my headbands are over there, off camera, and I'm not gonna bother moving the camera. Sorry, nice. rip, rip. But uh, uh, yeah, this is this is a real episode of making luck. Yeah. It's a podcast about a card game, uh, episode 88. We've been doing this for a really long time, Jake. Yeah, yeah, we have. and It's, it's been over a year and a half. Most of my life. <laughs> like, <laughs> We've been doing this since before Parker was born, I do and don't, therefore before I was born. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like,
1: I don't, I literally don't remember a time when I wasn't doing the podcast. Like, I don't even think that
0: time happened Well, we've had content every single week Without fail Yeah And uh, this week, I mean, we're gonna squeak in We're gonna get it there on Friday <laughs> Technically Yeah, so this it's, week, it's yeah. still gonna happen um, But uh, I, don't, I don't think that's gonna happen next week
1: Yeah, I, I would be surprised if it did Um, Maybe we should just rip the old band-aid off, yeah? Yeah, we need a break Yeah We
0: can't we can't do this Yeah I,
1: we're, <laughs> we're literally going insane okay, uh, but I definitely am what? And you have been for a while
0: okay. Yeah
1: I kind of started out that way But yeah. like we I mean this isn't us saying we're never going to come back We're just we are taking like a The podcast is having an off season
0: We um, really should have had one by now Like it's, yeah. it's kind of startling That this hasn't happened yet Like it's been a year and a half we and probably we missed sh- a single week We probably should have
1: taken one sooner Yeah I think
0: uh, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, like so... I mean, both of us are really, really needing the break that we've had so far. We published yeah. three minisodes in a row, and like I am still not fully back into it, and I don't, I don't think you are fully back into it either.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, not yet. I mean, like we're we're still playing Dominion sometimes. Um, I'm playing not as much as I used to, but I'm gonna like get back into it. And the other thing is like. Because I'm not playing as much as I used to on, like, the active, like, Dominion ladder competitively, I don't want to lose the point where I feel like I'm qualified to, like, talk about this stuff, Mm -hmm. right? I I don't want to feel like I'm just, like, talking about things I don't have real experience with against, like, a lot of different people.
0: I I also feel a similar way about my perspective, because, like, ever since the baby was born, all of my Dominion time, and even Dominion time that I don't have, has gone into the podcast. And I've been playing right. the same kingdom a lot, which is great, but I want to start getting into playing full random a lot more, exercise yeah. that part of my skill set that's probably seen some fatigue or yeah. atrophy. Like, I think it's, it's important for us to stay well-rounded as people and also as Dominion players so we can continue yeah. to talk authoritatively about it. Sure, so we're gonna, um, I mean Some Dominion stuff will be happening
1: We'll still, like, be playing and possibly Making some content, we're not really I'm, sure exactly. I'm actually looking
0: forward to it Like, yeah. the online client finally the Released the feature That, 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 that you were means waiting for That I can play rated games again And not hate it, so, like, I'm looking forward To doing some live streams there's a real chance that's going to happen. Just like some cash streams after the baby's gone to bed, like just playing some Dominion. Like, I might get into I miss that. that.
1: Yeah, I might actually take up streaming too, um, for both this and for other games. But yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we'll be we'll be playing a lot more of other games. I think. Just we want to get back to the point where Dominion's like fun again. Yeah. Um, and <laughs>
0: I don't remember what that's like. So, I mean, I remember um, what it's like, and and I understand it, but like. Man, I have just not been motivated to do anything competitive, and it's just going to take yeah, a while sure. for me to get it back and and really that's it like we got to get back to where it's fun, yeah, and uh I mean it still will be and uh, i mean let let me be honest with you, the list of episode topics for the podcast is longer now than what it was when we revived it, yeah, right we've um and, you know, we're only picking up things from there, so... We still have mini sods to go through. We just, yeah. you know, didn't want to burn through every single one of them, because that's not what they're for. Yeah, and we're, we are we are going to be back um, yeah. to, you know, it... We're just taking an off-season. Yeah, so, like, I don't know, a couple months. Yeah. And even in the meantime, Wandering Winter may be recording some episodes uh, for us to release. Yeah. Uh, there were two promo cards released at Gen Con... Yeah, and we
1: would be happy to talk about those, but... (laughs) Oops. Gag order. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we
0: play-tested them, so it's going to be a while before we can give our opinions on it.
1: Yeah, we're not allowed to talk about those, but Wandering Winder has no such restrictions, so he is also probably smarter than us. No, but (laughs) uh, (laughs) me, definitely. Uh, He's Uh,
0: definitely played more with the final versions of at least one of those cards than I have, that's for sure. So, um,
1: you know... If he's willing to do some content on those, I would. Uh, I'll, I, mean, I mean, I would
0: drink that up. Like, I'll be,
1: I'll be listening to that, waiting for that episode of making. Lunch. I'll be learning
0: from that episode. Wandering Winder's podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny. So. It really is. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's that's sort of the immediate future of the podcast, and yep. uh, I feel like you know we should be upfront about it, which is why we're you know for sure talking about it now. Yeah. Uh, And Um, and that's... uh, Really, that just means look out for other content, like on the YouTube channel and, uh, you know, on the the blog. And, and Jake, I guess you're getting a Twitch.
1: We'll see. Yeah, probably Twitch is what I'll use. But that's going to... I mean, that's going to be other games,
0: too. But, um, yeah, yeah, I'll be be around. Dominion Dominion among them, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, with that said, uh, I think it was four weeks ago... Yeah? ...that we played... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we talked about Paige. Yeah, but we, we did
1: play this kingdom recently. Yeah, so, um, that was fun. Yeah, and we played some games of this kingdom, and we set up front, neither of us really like this card, so yeah. we're probably going to hate this. Um, and, and this kingdom didn't disappoint, did it, Jake? No, I mean, <laughs> it was about, I think, like, we had some disagreement. Um, yeah. But, like, I think what we came away with is exactly what we said. We were going to come away with from this kingdom Which yeah. is that It doesn't really matter Like none of the stuff matters except getting your champion out really early And winning the ranger split Those are the, like, the two things that you care about and, Yeah So um, uh,
0: let's read the cards real quick Maybe we should do that Yeah let's yeah, do that All right. So we have lurker, page, doctor, forager, guide, oasis, ranger, sea hag, bandit camp Mint, and we had Conquest and Wolfden. Yeah. One more time for our audio-only listeners. One more. Lurker. <laughs> it's been a minute, hasn't it? Yeah, I forgot. How to, I forgot how to podcast. Uh, so, <laughs> Lurker, Page, Doctor, Forager, Guide, Oasis, Ranger, Sea Hag, bandit Camp, Mint, and we have Conquest and Wolfden.
1: All okay. right, Jake, go. All right, so I will say uh, we did have one major point of contention, which was the role of conquest. Mm. And I think we both agreed that conquest is going to be an option that you have to score some points without making your deck a lot worse. Um, one of my points was that I think that not only is it going to be that, I think it's going to be potentially a significant source of points that like affects the end game because you can get a lot of points off of it. Um, yeah, like, like with I wanted to.
0: Go for provinces, and you wanted to go for like treasure hunter mass points of conquest.
1: Yeah, and I wanted, and I, I want to say like I I didn't want to do that to the exclusion of provinces. I wanted to do that in addition, so that I was positioned for both, and that a position that a opponent position not
0: for both, but just provinces
1: would have a disadvantages because I could do either one.
0: Right, and I thought just go for provinces. If you divert for conquest, like it, it just. There's well, no point. It, you're just worse off. One of the that questions is, thought.
1: what does diverting for conquest look
0: like? And uh, for it looks me, like it you kept like click on the conquest event.
1: Well, and, I mean, oh. I mean, like, do you keep a treasure hunter uh, for that? And I mean, uh, I think regardless, you've got at least one treasure hunter in the deck. Probably, but, like, there, there comes a point where, like, there were a few games where I decided to keep Treasure Hunter and not upgrade it to the next Traveler because I wanted to have the Conquest Threat. Yeah, I think that's nuts. Okay, so I, I didn't think it was nuts at the time, and then I went through a period of thinking, okay, that's probably stupid. Um, and But then we played it out, and it actually it didn't feel all that stupid sometimes, but... Um, all this goes to sh- the fact that we can't like come to a good conclusion on this. Uh, be- goes to show, like, cut it didn't matter because yeah, uh, it didn't matter <laughs> because like one of us got champion out a turn or two before and things snowball really quickly because Rangers is the only draw and it. Like snowballs really hard from there because you, once you get further along in the Traveler Tree, you get to start getting aggressive with Rangers a little earlier. You maybe win that split 6-4, which is a really big deal because it means that you can shut treasure hunters in the, uh, treasures in the deck and, and build more, or not. Or just be more consistent and score more. So, I guess the conclusion I'd come away with is that, uh, yeah, the conquest thing is a thing. There was one point where like I got like 55 points. Like, literally up to 55. I'm not just doing the Adam thing. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, It was pretty hot. I resigned like, right away.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, and locked the game out that way. Um, Because, like, I got, like, 11 silvers in my turn and then bought three Conquests or whatever. Uh, But here's the thing. If you're there, you could kind of win doing anything. Eh. Just Um, do whatever you want. So, is Conquest good here? And the question is... Well, the answer Irrele- is, Irrelevant.
0: Well, yeah, it doesn't um, really matter. Because if, if it is good, you've probably won other ways. Yeah. So I think uh, in order to get there, uh, I think both of us wanted to open with some form of Doctor and Page. Yeah. And how much you overpay for Doctor, uh, I don't know, like, I think I think it's probably okay to overpay for Doctor, whether you see it on turn one or turn two, or, uh, you know, whether you have 2-5 or yeah. anything else. Like I usually did. I... I It doesn't make that much of a difference because you're just kind of hoping that things don't miss shuffles and that you're able to actually thin cards. I don't... I mean, I kind of thought that maybe, you know, if you get a a 3-4, you open Page and Doctor and Overpay and that's good. And maybe you don't bother Overpaying, but really, I think Overpaying is just fine. You, You put two Foragers in the deck soon, you get maybe one or two Guides... Yeah uh, And then a lo- um, also like you, I think you want to be getting Lots and lots of extra pages Like three or four additional pages After so that first one I didn't
1: think that was that great of an idea at first But I'm actually coming around to it I, um, I think
0: the big reason for that is you said no reason not to <laughs> Well yeah it, First but of yeah. all it goes to the principle we talked about Where you kind of want some redundancy with your pages just in case your warrior gets warriored, it's not the end of the game. It's just a huge setback, and you're hoping to get really lucky to make up for it. It also goes into the
1: fact that the pages have very, very low opportunity costs because they're cantrips. The first time you draw them, after that they give you payload, and from there they give you like other cards that are either draw or payload. And like,
0: well, draw is super tight here. Yeah, it's I mean, warri- I want lots warriors. of warriors.
1: It's yeah, it's warrior or ranger. Yeah. and you know for reasons we described earlier like having redundancy in your tree so that you have like the choice of keeping a treasure hunter around if you decided it, it's good based on how the game has been going so far um you know that's that's a, that's a good that's a good question to be asking yourself it's a good problem to have like you have these foragers that you can play and it's really just that so or, yeah. so just
0: like keeping treasure hunters around and and you have a lot of flexibility over exactly how much payload in your deck which is all treasures. So like you're gonna be gaining a lot of silver really easily, and maybe you forage some of it. But you have yeah really precise control. Oh, you, you over what's almost going
1: always on. do. Yeah, I'd uh,
0: say yeah, and in, in almost. I mean, unless you have coppers left, yeah, probably yeah do it. So I, I mean, I think that I think it's just fine to keep around. Getting lots of extra pages is great. Having a guide and then eventually two because of Wolf Den is great. Yeah, uh, you get your champion. You draw a bunch of cards, and normally one person has pulled away by that point. So that's of yeah. how it went. Right, and
1: that's the thing. Yeah, we can debate what the mid-to-end game looks like, but the thing is that the mid-to-end game was rarely close enough that anything we could argue about would matter. Yeah. Because in-page just it's tends Page. to be swingy like that. Yeah. Um a rooney Yeah, so, I mean, that's not to say there isn't, like, forms of optimization or, or like, ways that you
0: can, like... Make subtle tactical plays.
1: Yeah, subtle tactical <laughs> choices. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like you know, decisions do get interesting. Like, uh, do you get two forgers or do you get one um, on? Sometimes... Or do you get
0: three? I was between two and three by the end of those games.
1: Uh, yeah, it depends. It, for me, it depended on what had been happening with Doctor thus far.
0: Oh, right. Like, sometimes... Because my Doctor never, ever, ever hit ever. Well, yeah, Yeah. like, so if my doctor has hit, like...
1: If my doctor's thinned, like, four cards for me, I'm probably, like, leaning toward one forager. Um, Sometimes I'm leaning toward one guide, even, because I end up trashing the guide later, but that's rarer. Usually I want the two guides. Um, So, yeah. Oh, one time I got a mint. That was hot. (laughs) Yeah, that Um, was great. Yeah. Woke (laughs) up with
0: a treasure hunter and four coppers in hand. It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) This is great. GG. Um, Yeah. Yeah,
1: so... Uh yeah. I don't I don't
0: have much else to say about this. Um, this was a this was a great representation of what page is like. And yeah. a great reminder that I need to put it on my banned cards list, which is, is now a thing.
1: Yeah, I mean like I don't wanna get too salty about it. It's not like you know the, So I've just
0: played enough of these, you
1: know? Yeah, right.
0: Um so
1: that's that kingdom. Um Yep. What are uh,
0: we should talk about? What this episode is going to be about? Because I yeah. think that the what we're going to talk about bears a little bit of explanation, right? Sure. This uh, this topic has been on our list for I think over a year. Yeah, it's been something we've wanted to, to talk about, and uh, the the quote is, "Well, I lost." Right. And it's the post game analysis. What do you do as a
1: player who is focused on improving, um, or or not? Which we'll get to. What do you do as a player when you're losing in your post-game analysis to take something constructive from it, to preserve your state of mind, to keep having fun, and also just get as much as you can in terms of improvement out of those losses?
0: Yeah, so I I like to call this like a healthy competitive mindset. Yeah, What does that look like? How do you maintain it? And then in the case of Dominion, and also, I mean, a lot of this advice applies to pretty much any game. Yeah, any game,
1: sport, or honestly, like, you could take this farther and say, like, activity.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of the advice is specific to uh, things that have random elements in them. Because yeah. if they don't, I mean, you can deterministically work things out, and it's a big math problem. Sure. Uh, but sometimes you can't, and it's uh, it's much more difficult to, yeah. to keep your emotions and also your uh, analysis in a good place when there are random elements involved.
1: This is true. And one... Thing I want to I, I want to give a give out a, a little metaphor here that for me frames this whole discussion and also frames a lot of the way I think about like gaming in general. Um, and I want to take us to a place where we're thinking about runners. No, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so let's th- let's talk about running. Um, you think about running, and there is a guy. adam's visualizing there's a guy who uh he just runs 30 minutes a day because that's what he thinks he needs to do to stay healthy he's just trying to like keep himself in shape he runs 30 minutes a day um and that's the reason he's doing it it's extrinsic um and then there's a different guy who uh guy number two who runs too but he runs because he loves running he, uh he, he likes it so he uh does it as much as he can he studies proper form he's getting the right shoes he's uh you know taking these opportunities to run um so guy one and guy two uh, they get in a race and um obviously you know guy two is probably gonna win right? Um, the guy that that guy who lo- who runs because he loves running and does it all the time beats the guy who just jogs for thirty minutes a day. But the question to ask in my mind is that like, was was guy two doing all of that because he wanted to be able to beat guy one? Like, it's not like the guy who runs because he loves running is like training thinking like man i'm gonna get in a race someday with a guy who jogs sometimes and i'm just gonna kick his ass that's not what's happening um and so he just enjoys different aspects of it than guy one does guy one uh he likes the the fact that he can like get in shape and so he just runs as much as he needs to to do that whereas guy two has these like intrinsic motivations now uh I want to like apply that back to gaming because there is like a specific kind of player in Dominion and also like in in all other things and these are uh, what I'm going to call like the competitive players I'm putting air quotes around here these are um, people who revel in the process of optimizing their play and getting as good as they can at it like the that is the fun part for them so like They're the guy twos. Uh, They're the people who are running because they really like running. They're not running for the end result. Um, And the... uh, I I think Adam and I are both that kind of player, but... definitely am. Like, I just want to stress that there's nothing inherently better or worse about being that kind of player. Like, the guy ones, um, the guys who are just jogging to, like, stay in shape, those are the people who are, like just playing a game of Dominion because they want to have something to play and because they want to have a good time and then they're going to like be done with it. And they, the, the aspects of like the work of getting better and analyzing and optimizing their play, that's like work for them. That's not the part they enjoyed. They get through that stuff so that they can, uh, you know, have that experience that they enjoyed. Whereas, the competitive player, these the the guy twos here, are doing it because that's the part that they really enjoy, and so I want to stress a few things. One, there is like nothing better or worse about being a guy one or a guy two. Like I'd say that the guy twos are like why this podcast tends to exist. Yeah, like they're, this, they're more the audience of the podcast. You're probably in that bucket if you listen to this. But, like, it's also not black and white. You're not just, like, in one of these or another. Like, you know, these are, like, the the pure examples of it. But one thing I want to bring up that I think is important to remember is that the competitive, like, knowing which kind of player, like, you are and in which aspects helps you keep, like, this healthy, enjoyable um, aspect to it. Uh, People who are not that kind of player. Uh, they don't always realize that the spreadsheets and the articles, the debates about what's optimal, for us, those are the fun part. We are having fun when we're doing that. It's not—we're not—the sweaty tryharding is not just work that we're doing so that we can win the game. The, winning the game is a byproduct Winning more games, getting on leaderboards, that is just something that
0: comes as a result of the, part that, of the real reason we're doing it. In Dominion's case, it definitely is because there's zero dollars at stake for being at the well, top of the leaderboard. Yeah,
1: there's that too, right? right. Uh, similarly, on the other side, for, for the, the usses here, I think there's a, the competitive players, the guy twos, I think there's a trend of elitism among those competitive players who assume that like everyone wants to be that way who assume that like everyone would be if they were good enough and that's just not true and i also just want to stress here there's just nothing inherently virtuous or admirable about being a competitive player even a top tier one it's just a thing that you are it's like perfect a different kind of music or something else it's just like there's nothing inherently different about the guy who's running to stay in shape versus the guy who's running because he loves to run they enjoy different aspects of the experience and so i know that this was kind of convoluted and roundabout here so i'm sorry for taking so long in this uh, little metaphor but for me it's like lays the groundwork for just like how i think about all of this um in, especially in, like, post-game analysis when I've, when I've lost and I'm thinking about getting better.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting because you're describing these two types of people, and then, I mean, you also said that it's not black and white, you're not one or the other. Yeah, right. But for Dominion, I'm definitely the kind of person that wants to be competitive, and, uh, you know, I just got done playing a game of Survivor, which, uh, buckle up, guys, I'm gonna be talking about a lot on this podcast, yeah. not only because I want to, because it's a huge part of my life now, but also because uh I think the topic we're we're going for i I lost the game I didn't win twenty four people entered, and I was not the one of them that won so sure uh, uh I went through that, and I definitely had a different perspective than I would have when I played Dominion, but also I had a very similar perspective mm-hmm. and it, it was really it was what motivated me to want to do this episode now, because partially I'm, I'm motivated to talk about it, but also. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's enlightening to see how these same principles can apply to different games in different ways, even though it's really just, you're going to be competitive, you want to get better at the game, how do you look at it from a critical point of view? Right. Uh, so with that said, um, there's going to be a lot of Dominion and a lot of Survivor, and uh, there's going to be Dominion folks who don't know what Survivor is, and Survivor folks who are listening to this episode of the podcast, uh, hi, by the way, <laughs> uh, you're listening to a podcast about a card, a card game. But uh, this is hopefully going to make sense to you. Well, I like how we've
1: been joking on the last few episodes of like, hey, if you don't know what Dominion is and you're still listening, I th- whereas there might actually <laughs> be people like that listening to this one.
0: Oh, for sure. There's going to be a big crowd. So um, shout-outs, hi to everyone on Real Foot. yeah, uh, Production, cast, fans, I suppose. <laughs> um, I realize that a lot of you haven't heard of Dominion, so uh, I think it's appropriate to just give like a brief rundown of like, Sure. What, what Dominion is and who we are about it. Yeah. So uh, Dominion is a tabletop game, which means a board game, but it doesn't have a board, it's a tabletop game. Uh, it's the original deck builder, and I understand that means nothing to you. It's been around for about 12 years. Um, in the show notes, so if you're watching this on YouTube in the description, or if you're listening to this on your podcast app, you can go to adamhorton.com, and uh, you can find all kinds of links, the forums, the Discord... You'll be able to find a link to uh, show notes for here. Um, I'll link a video that's three minutes long and explains the rules of the game in case you want to know that. Um, you don't really need to understand the rules of Domin- Dominion to follow this episode, so you don't need to pause this and go watch it, but feel free if you want. Uh, I'll give you like a, a really high-level version uh, of what Dominion is. So, each player starts with the same deck of ten bad cards, and they use those bad cards to buy better cards from a common pool of cards. It's called the Supply. Um, and you add those better cards to your deck, so uh, you continue to improve your deck until you can buy the most expensive cards, and those cards are worth points. Uh, you need points to win, so uh, you, you gotta yeah. do this if you wanna win the game. Uh, the But point cards usually do nothing when you draw them, so the point cards actually make your deck worse. Uh the The interesting part is that most of the supply actually changes between game to game. Right. So and that's
1: that's the reason that Dominion has that sort of competitive flair. Uh, for the most part, is that um, the skill set is in evaluating this common pool of cards that is different from the last time you played and deciding uh, how you how you use that to win this game.
0: Yeah. So the stuff you're doing from game to game varies a <clears> lot, <throat> and so there's a lot of replayability. Um, both Jake and I are huge nerds. Yeah. Uh, we are doing episode 88 of a podcast <laughs> about this card game. Right. Uh, and talking about the strategy of it. And we're not done. I mean, we're done for now, but yeah, we're not done with it. And We're going to get to 100, maybe even 155, like 555 right. and beyond. Yeah, for sure. Well, maybe not that. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if we'll live that long. <laughs> uh, we'll we've, we've both played on a very high level for quite some time. Yeah, Like, yeah, I've been playing competitively for eight years now. Yeah. And, and you've been playing for, what, like, three or four years competitively, like, super yeah
1: level? Yeah, dep- yeah, I'd say three, uh, about maybe, like, three years at, like, uh, a high level where, you know, it's not like there's, like, really a tier of player above me, right? There aren't any, like, players you could objectively say, like, this player's better than you.
0: And I'd say I've been at that level for about, like, two or three years. You know? Yeah. Uh, I've, uh... I've won some pretty high-profile tournaments in my day. I yeah. won the, uh, the World Championship for 2017. Um, finally, we have the kitten that yeah. that money <laughs> bought. He's finally here. He's not down here because he would be chewing on everything right. and being really annoying. But, uh, hey, watch the uh, videos, Yeah, uh, the video of the games from the kingdom we talked about. You can see that adorable little kitten. Uh, or you can message me. I've got videos and pictures. He's super cute. He'll be happy to show you. Yeah. So if you know me, <laughs> if you know me from Survivor, um, you know how important my family is to me and how important Survivor is to me. Uh, the rest of my life is consumed with Dominion. That's yeah. that's me. That's not exaggerating. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I've done, and this podcast isn't it. Uh, there's links to all cor- all kinds of other stuff in the show notes. Uh, I've got the YouTube channel, blog I've helped to run another blog Which, um, well, I mean we all know how it went Without me running it anymore <laughs> But like, I mean I don't have time to do all this stuff yeah. but, but I make time to do all this stuff Because I'm passionate about Dominion In the same way I'm passionate about Survivor Enough to go out there and do what I did uh, so that's that's me uh, and yeah. that's that's kind of us Did I'm just, you I'm just some guy yeah no but yeah. Um, and he's some guy yeah I hang out in Adam's basement
1: no I mean <laughs> so yeah I, I'd say like Adam is the one who like got me into Dominion originally and he taught me most of what I like knew about the game and like helped me like get into the com- get to the point where I could dive into the competitive scene. From there, I'd say I, I I climbed my way up to like get where I am now. To the point that like you know I can talk to Adam as an equal in the game. Yeah. I'd say, um, but yeah, so like we're both we're, we're both like similarly passionate about this game um, and you know the competitive aspects of it. We're definitely the the guy twos of that previous
0: scenario. We're lun- we we run because we love to run. Yeah. yeah. So and. and for some of you who knew me on the show, I mean, it may surprise you that I have this competitive bite to me. And let me just say that it surprised me uh, the way I ended up acting on Survivor. And uh, I know I was trying to be perceived as less competitive, which was probably more successful than what I wanted, to the point where <laughs> um, it made people uncomfortable that they thought I was too emotional and couldn't make calculated decisions about what was best. And, uh, that's, that's hugely ironic. I mean, this is, yeah, That's are you're, you're going to hear that is hilarious yeah. that that's, that that happened to you. Oh yeah. <laughs> like,
1: it's like, there's, there's no, that's like, couldn't be further from the truth.
0: Well, it couldn't be further from the way I approached Dominion in this whole podcast. Yeah, sure. We got 87, actually 89, cause there's some 0.5 episodes. We had yeah. a lot of episodes <laughs> where you're going to see the other side of me and this episode, you're going to see some of the other side. So buckle up guys. Yeah. Um, the the other thing uh, we should probably do is address the fact that if you are a Dominion fan, I'm gonna be talking about Survivor. Yeah, I,
1: he's gonna be talking about Survivor, but I, I, I will say that a lot I've read over the outlines and like I know what we're both gonna be saying and, like this is we're really gonna be talking about competitive game theory I'd yeah. say in a lot of respects. So like I'd say this this is still valuable if you just are somebody who likes to who's a guy too about gaming.
0: Um, yeah, but I I, I want to give like a similar rundown of what Survivor's like, just yeah. so my references make sense. Uh, so Survivor is a reality TV show. It's been on CBS for about 20 years. Um, it's still going strong. Season 40 is going to be airing in uh, just a couple of months. Uh, it's got a huge fan base. I'm a huge fanboy, and uh, a lot of listeners are also huge fans of it. And, he has and a body
1: pillow of Jeff Probst in this room.
0: We don't talk about that on the I'm going to edit that out. Okay. So uh, Survivor is uh, it's still going. It's a big thing. Uh, this, the reality show is a game that takes place uh, between 16 and 20 strangers, and they're divided to two or more tribes. Uh, you're completely isolated from the rest of the world. The only people you're allowed to communicate with are the people on your tribe. Uh, in both the reality show and the game I played, uh, we are living outside with very few survival supplies, pot, machete. Uh, we got a tarp. And like a little tiny bit of rice, really limited food rations. The reality show takes place over the course of 39 days, and on each maybe two or three days, someone gets eliminated. Uh, the game I played takes place over eight days, and there are several several eliminations every day. So it's a much faster paced game, uh, but you know that's about the timetable we're looking at. It's not 15 minutes for a game of Dominion. This is a much longer experience with much more people. Uh, tribes compete in team challenges for rewards or maybe tribal immunity Uh, these are frequently physical challenges uh, but they can have mental components uh, team based components or sometimes random elements Uh, if you don't win immunity at the immunity challenge you have to go to tribal council and lose a member tribal council is uh, where we have a discussion with the host of the game, the whole tribe and then followed by a vote, everyone gets a vote whoever has the most votes at the end of that so a plurality of votes uh, they're out of the game you can cast your vote based on whatever criteria you want. Many people choose challenge, strength, or trust or loyalty. One guy chose the alphabetical voting system. He didn't yeah. win. Oh, darn it! <laughs> didn't have a chance. Um. Yeah. So I mean, there's the there's the
1: competitive aspect of this game of like trying to. It's. I mean, it's a popularity contest, right?
0: Uh, emphasis you could, on contests. You could view it that way. Uh, there's. I mean, well, I, I just said trust and loyalty. It's
1: more complicated than that. It, it yeah. definitely
0: is. I just, But yeah, trust and loyalty, that's, that's, that's it. I mean, the, the game rules don't enforce that kind of thing. You can make deals between players, and that's how you actually win the game is making deals. But uh, it's up to the people you make the deals with to honor those deals if they choose to, and they think it's in their best interest. And uh, sure. if they go back on it, there are no in-game consequences. It's just the the social game, as, as it's called. And, and why does the social game matter? Well, eventually the tribes merge, you have individual challenges, you have individual immunities, but at a certain point, the eliminated people aren't just totally gone, they go to the jury. So the last, like, 7 to 10 or 11 people who are eliminated before the final two or final three people left, they get to determine who wins the game. They're the jury. They get to vote on the last couple people. So, um... I guess you don't want to make someone so upset by voting them off that they don't vote for you to win the game. So right. there's, there's like, yet another layer of kingmaking on top of this. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you you want to have alliances to help you keep you safe in the game, but you also, I mean, these, these shift frequently because, you know, it's got to be in everyone's best interest to stick together, and that's going to break as the number of people in the game gets lower. Well... And
1: so at at its heart, I mean, this is... You've described some really complex interactions um, and things that you would be thinking about. At its heart, this is a contest, right? Yeah. This is a competition between these people to, like... You know, it, it, the base rules of this game are that, you know, through these various, like, things of challenges may make you eligible to leave more times, but, like, it's just... the The core mechanic of the game is getting people to not vote for you. Yeah. Right. And
0: and let me tell you... And you have these different ways of going about that. Yeah, I mean, these mechanics really invite a lot of uh, things that many Dominion players might find unsavory. Uh, yeah. I mean, I said kingmaking. Survivor's basically a game of kingmaking. But it's an eight-day-long game of kingmaking. Well, and, okay. And you have to form real relationships with people. And and that's the game, right? Okay, I'm going to uh, take a little like
1: semantic dig at you here. Just yeah, go for it, man I'm curious, when you sit, I think our definitions of kingmaking are different um, What's your? What do you mean by kingmaking? How would you describe that?
0: Yeah, so I, I guess I should talk about it in the context of Dominion it's Because a, that's where it makes the most sense It's
1: a term you hear in gaming all the time Kingmaking So what, what does it mean to
0: you? Yeah, so let's say there's a game with more than two players in it Otherwise I don't think kingmaking is possible uh, Well, and, sure And let's say there's one player who can't win themselves or maybe he can, but has a low chance of winning. And they have a, a situation where they have a choice, and they can essentially pick between the other, maybe two other players or maybe more, uh, who gets to win. So someone who isn't going to win gets to determine who wins. That's king making, And I think it's pretty frowned upon in games like Dominion.
1: Yeah, okay, so that that, what you just described, yes... But in my mind, the reason it's frowned upon in my definition of kingmaking is some kind of uh, mechanical interaction within the game that is not motivated by a player trying to win it. Um, And and that's not, like, literally all to kingmaking because, you know, you have to have more than two players, etc. It has to be advantaging somebody else. But, like, in my mind... Inherent to the term kingmaking. When you say that, I'm thinking about some kind of behavior that is motivated by something other than trying to win the game. And so, to me, a game that's based on kingmaking couldn't even exist. It's a paradox, in my opinion, because if it was based on kingmaking, it wouldn't be kingmaking anymore. It would just be playing the game, which it sounds like that's... Like These things that like would be kingmaking in another game are just what the game is.
0: Yeah, in Survivor's case, uh, most of what's happening is not something you would call kingmaking. However, sure. the jury vote is. The jury is made up of people who have been eliminated from the game. Yeah, that's different. Now it's different. completely sure. up to them to pick the winner. So that, I think, would still be kingmaking by your definition. It would be, um, by people who aren't in the game. So yes. Yeah.
1: Um, and yeah, so there's, there's a, a reason that that kind of interaction is frowned upon. dominion in a lot of other games and that's because like you know when we talk about what competitive nature is it's kind of antithetical to it like it's kind of like gets like you had this this social construct of a game that's competitive implies that all parties are trying to achieve the same objective which is victory and a mutually exclusive one at that usually so like the uh when you deviate from that objective and start to act in ways that aren't advancing that, you break the social construct. You don't just break it for yourself. You break it for everyone playing. The people who are running because they love to run, they don't get to run anymore because you put them in a car. <laughs> or you gave them a moped or some shit. That's like, an,
0: it's That's an interesting analogy. I, I think... Uh... I mean the the part of the game that is the jury. Uh, you know, some people don't like it. That's part of the game, right? Sure. Uh, in in the case of Dominion, uh, I think the way people deal with it is they play two player games if they want to get serious about being competitive to get yeah. around that fact. There's a big debate in the Dominion community, and the debate is
1: pretty much one sided in terms of the competitive players, like whether you know two player Dominion is like the only unquote" way to play, or if like, you know, multiplayer is more like fun or whatever. And this comes to like different, f- like when you're analyzing whether you're a competitive player or you're not, or you're just running to get in shape. Um, like that's you gotta understand that different formats and different games and mechanics are gonna cater to you differently. So yes, um, multiplayer games of Dominion are less competitive there is the aspect of, like, trying to do things to, you know, maybe um, score differently. Uh, and, you know, there's more, quote-unquote, noise um, than yeah. just the interaction between these two players who are kind of dueling.
0: Yeah, so, so there's, a, there's a distinction that you've made and that I want to I wanna poke at a little bit here. Uh, the part of the game that, uh, while people are still in the game... And yeah. I, I did kind of call that king-making, and I called it that loosely, and now we're going to make a distinction here. While you're still in the game, yeah. you know, you, you have to vote for someone else, or, or effectively you might have to vote with other people, and deciding who you're going to do that with is based on things that the game mechanics don't give you clues about. Yeah. That, is, that is not a part of uh, what a lot of Dominion folks might consider to be competitive. But let me tell you, the people who play this survivor game with me and other live games and other online games and survivor the cbs show these are some of the most competitive people i have ever met in my life sure they put the competitive spirit of most of the dominion community just completely to shame yeah like these people they they breathe survivor they went out there they went out there for 8 days okay longer than i was out there i got done i got i got voted out I needed. I, it's been like almost four weeks, and I still am completely exhausted from that because I, I I don't have the the same kind of motivation. Like these people, while they were still in that game, were talking about the next game they wanted to play. Yeah. While they were on the jury, they were talking about the next game they wanted to play. At the after party, they played another game. How do you do that? They just have this. They have this stamina for Survivor. That is that just sure. far surpasses my stamina for even Dominion, and I know I far surpass most people's stamina for Dominion. I I can't get enough of the game, so to yeah. say that it's not competitive, that's just completely not true. It's competitive in a completely different way.
1: No, I, I would agree that it that it most certainly is. Yeah, uh, because especially because like the game the the quote unquote the where that would be introducing noise as I put it into yeah. Dominion that's just more of the game for survival yeah because that, it,
0: it the game is measuring something different that is the game and and right. that's where the game is played and so uh, there's there's all of these social components to the game that are at the same time competitive it's a very yeah. interesting dynamic and just being in the middle of it is so incredibly overwhelming it's absolutely amazing it's it's why I wanted to play the game, it's why I'm so enthusiastic about it. And, but, but when I get done, when I lost the game and I'm looking back at it, yeah, it's really easy th- to point at it and say, this guy didn't like me, they're a jerk, and that's why I lost the game. And if you say that, you're just missing the point.
1: Exactly. I do want to remind you what the title of this episode yes. is, what the point of this episode is. We've gotten on a quite a bit of tangents, and spoilers, we're not done doing that.
0: Oh, this, this whole episode is a big tangent.
1: <laughs> but, but the thing is, this is all coming back to how you incorporate these things into uh, your post-game analysis, especially when you've lost...
0: Yeah, so like which the, Adam lost. I lost. He lost hard. I, it was real. He oh man <laughs> is still feeling it. I'm definitely still feeling it. <laughs> yeah. So so the the goal here, what we're trying to do is to improve your play, or, or maybe having the goal of increasing your overall win rate, or maybe to maintain your win rate uh, while playing better players. Sure. Uh, so. There, there are other ways that you can enjoy games, depending on the circumstances. I'll, I'll talk about that later. Uh, maybe it doesn't apply to you. Maybe you're a guy one. But yeah. for the purposes of what we're talking about here, we need to be able to find the, the parts of what we did that we need to look critically at, mm-hmm. identify what those are, and then also identify the ways that we can think critically about those with the purpose of winning more games. Yes. Uh, no. Well, with
1: the purpose of getting good enough that we win more games, the winning is incidental. I do want to keep stressing that point. The winning is is not why we enjoy getting better. It's it's a byproduct of it, and it's how we measure it. Yeah, but and, that's
0: not the important part. And and that's uh, that's one of the. It's really interesting. I played this game because I wanted to be on CBS's show, and yeah. they never called me back. And uh, you know, production cast me. Their casting team was amazing, and you know, they gave me the experience of a lifetime. And this has been checked off my bucket list. It was absolutely everything. It was amazing. It was everything I could possibly want. And it's unlikely that I'm gonna play another game like this for the rest of my life. Not so, impossible, but unlikely. Yeah. yeah, it's it's unlikely. So
1: it's impossible that I'll ever do it. Because <laughs> you would have to drag me kicking and
0: screaming. Oh yeah, uh, I don't do well without doors. So, hey. well, I don't do well without doors either. You should have seen me out there. Was it something <laughs> it's true. No. You should have seen our shelter at the Chula Camp, man. Oh, it was man. really special. Do you have any pictures? Uh, pictures supposedly exist. Hey, Amos, if you're listening, send me the pictures, please. I love you. So anyway, the <laughs> the point is. Even though I may not be playing this game again, so increasing my win rate isn't really something I can expect to see results on. uh, I'm still a guy number two, right? It's fun for me to go back and and look at things I could have done better and, and refine my process. And that is definitely the case for a lot of the people I played with. So yeah, I'm part of a Facebook group chat multiple that are just blowing up with what ifs and what if I could have done this and should I have done this and people, you know, giving critiques about their games. I've got some honest and absolutely amazing feedback from a lot of people out there telling me things, I their perceptions of me and why they acted the way they did based on those. Yes. Uh, no, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh. So, so I've gotten I've got so much of that. And also these people, you know, they play maybe 100 games of this before they die. So actually seeing a, a win rate increase is something that's a little more feasible for them. So hopefully, you know, this speaks to you as well. One thing I really want to stress about all of this
1: is not just that you're describing a competitive community. I want to stress why it is that you're describing a competitive community. What about this interaction of enjoying it even when you lose makes it competitive. It's that these people are now talking about their play and how they could have improved, and that improvement is through the lens of them winning the game. That improvement is with the goal of next time they play, they're going to win. Not next time they play, something else is going to happen, or they're going to do better, or whatever. They're talking about what they do going forward with the goal of winning the game, because the game... Gives you success and the, the game is what defines success and failure For you um, The game, the, the, Every game will do that The game will tell you This is what it means to win This is what it means to lose And that's all it cares about It doesn't care about any of these other abstract values You may bring to it Not that those things aren't important mm. You can very much enjoy those But you have to understand That your enjoyment of those And pursuit of those things That are not defined as winning or losing Those are not competitive behavior and that's okay. Again, I want to stress: there's nothing inherently virtuous about being competitive, but recognize that the two things are different.
0: Yeah. So this this is actually a point you can make about any game with more than two players in it. And, yeah. And it's sort of, you know, I, I started calling it king making, and, and here we are. We're talking about it now. In a game with three or more players, uh, I think one of the, the the principles it's really easy to gloss over, but is really important for figuring out what you could have done better is um, not only assigning a value to your own placement of the game, but understanding the value that other people you're playing with have assigned to their placement in the game. Yes. You might not always have a tournament structure to tell you you get five points for a first-place finish or three points for a second-place finish. I mean, on the CBS show, you get prize money based on your placement. There it is. And and, and in real foot, there's only a prize for first place. But you know what? Like, I... I had goals other than getting the $300 first place prize in real foot, let me tell you.
1: And those goals were not necessarily competitive ones because it's up because yes, the game absolutely. wasn't the game didn't define those for you and that's that's the key. And I wanted the people who knew
0: my goals the best were the ones who were able to manipulate me the best. Yeah. And that's how I got played so hard. Well, it's part of why I got played so hard. But that's a huge deal. That made a huge huge impact on the game. And I want to bring this uh, just back to the
1: frame of Dominion here and stress that, you again, it's okay to have those goals, but understand that it's in the hands of the player to assign value to those mm. goals. I want to read you a sentence out of the Dominion rulebook for a second. This is actually page 8 of the rulebook. You can open it up right now.
0: I'll, I'll link a PDF in the, the, the show notes. The
1: player with the most victory points wins. Full stop. I want to read that again. The player with the most victory points wins. It doesn't say anything about what your score was. It doesn't say anything about where you placed. It doesn't. The rulebook doesn't talk about second place. The game doesn't acknowledge it. You don't, it doesn't matter how many points you got. It doesn't matter if you got more points than some other guy at the table. The player with the most victory points wins. Now you, as a player, may care... About getting second place Or getting third place But you have to understand in that That's inherently uncompetitive You're reaching outside of the game To find a goal Other than winning And you're assigning value to that Which is okay But understand It's not competitive And people who you're playing with Who are competitive Who are competitive players Who are running because they love to run they're probably going
0: to get a little bit at you because, again, you're taking away the running. Like, you're changing the race. And, and, like, and I would respond to those players that you need to figure out that that guy is doing something that you're calling inherently uncompetitive. And you need to figure out how to take advantage of it. Th- valid. 100% valid. I would say that, like, I know what your views
1: are on this. You know what mine are. I'd say that both, like, there's, there's arguments to both of them.
0: Um, I, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Right. I don't think either one of us is wrong.
1: Yeah. um, The other thing... Oh, I do want to stress that, like, okay, it's a little bit different in, like, usually a practical, like, tournament setting because, like you said, usually a tournament structure assigns value to second place, third place, like in Dominion, for example. Like, even though the rulebook doesn't say anything about second place or third place, usually for the practical application of a tournament, it does assign value. And because of that... The format of the game has changed, so going for second mm. place suddenly now that is competitive behavior because the game set out a goal for you or the tournament you're playing in did at least. Yeah, kind of it's a variant of Dominion. Going for yeah. second place or third
0: place, you're playing a variant. Yeah, that's not wrong. Yeah, I think, uh, and I think it, it has practical applications, right? You you may be less inclined to build a whole lot more in the face of three other players who are aiming to end the game quickly and you'll get last place if you don't if your deck doesn't come together in time. You might want to hedge a little bit and, you know, score some points a little earlier as opposed to I have this strategy that's either going to get first or last. And those are the other options. Those, right. those are the only options, right? I may may I may want to hedge to get a something something that. And then the survivor example is uh, someone playing like the goat uh, goat to someone who makes the finals But they don't really have any real shot Of getting jury votes It's a secure way to get second or third place But pretty much no chance of winning And on the reality show Cash prizes, big cash prizes Are given to all of the finalists based on placement So there are definitely people that get to a certain point In the game and they're like, you know what I feel like I can goat myself Get to the end and get like $100,000 Instead of the million dollar prize for winning And I can walk home and and that'll change my life And And that's what they do Yeah uh, I don't think anyone in in my game in real foot did that because there's no prize for that, right?
1: Well, right. Yeah, and that's a difference between like actual survivor at that point and what you did. Well, not One you. One of the many yeah. differences, yeah. Um cuz, you know, the what behavior is competitive and what isn't is changed because what you just described that goading in a real game as survivor that is competitive because that get, they there's a goal assigned to it whereas your uh your game that was fan run didn't have that, so I wouldn't call that competitive behavior at that point.
0: Uh, Right, yeah, and and I I think you're absolutely right. Um, Also, uh, you know, these these goals, whether they are competitive or not, you know, you have to read what other people, what goals they have, but also assigning, like, different levels of importance to those goals. So uh, some people just really, they want to get not last. Yeah. And it was definitely important to me not to be first off my tribe in that game. Sure. Uh, That was something that was very important to me. Um, It was also very important for me to make the jury. I wanted to have that full survivor experience. And and actually, once I made the jury, I only cared about winning the game. Yeah. Second place versus 12th place, it was all the same to me. I wanted first place or I wanted nothing. And that definitely affected the way I acted. And I'll get into more specifics when when it's time for that. Yeah. Uh, And then... I think the biggest one, and and by far the most important, is having fun. Yes,
1: 100%. And that, having fun, to me, is the crux of this whole discussion. And the aspects of it that are a debate, it's the crux of that debate, too. Especially, you know, when we go beyond this basement, and, like, this conversation is occurring between lots of different people outside about a lot of gaming. Um, I want to quote David Serlin for a second here in his uh, book, Playing to Win. He talks about like how people maybe misunderstand the competitive scene. And, he's, and he says, um, if you look at the top levels of play in any given game, you'll find that usually the players at the top are having a great deal of this quote-unquote fun. I want to remind you that there are different kinds of players out there. And whatever kind you are, it's easy to forget that the other kind exists. And I'm talking to the guy ones out there um, who don't understand how like this is like how how we can be having fun doing this like you got to remember
0: the work of getting better and optimizing that is the fun part for mm. us yeah it's, it's definitely a big part well that is the fun for me in dominion and that is part of the fun for me in survivor um but you know there were other parts of it at least my survivor experience that was that was really important to me so like um you know, just being cold and miserable and starving and, and just pushing myself as far as I could go. Sounds physically. like a blast. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, competing in like different challenges and, and camp life. Like, I hate the outdoors, but if I went out there and I didn't have a night in the rain, completely miserable, soaked, and not able to sleep, I wouldn't have been able to check that off my bucket list. Sure. It was so important to me. Now, lucky for me. Tropical Storm Barry came rolling through <laughs> You were at, you had no shortage of We had a lot of nights, nights like that And uh, I definitely got that yeah. portion Of my survivor experience So uh, thank you for that uh, but, but also, it, I mean it's not just that Like Making real friendships that would continue After the game And I, I know some of them are still continuing And we're going to see which ones stand the test of time But I already know of a couple uh, and, and I'll address those later But if I, if I didn't leave the game with that I knew this was probably going to be my one shot at it yeah and the the people that I shared this experience with, the physical experience of being so cold that you have to huddle together for warmth. And you know, the people that were actually willing to do that with me I was cold, okay? I had to lean against a tree in the rain to sleep. Which I managed to do. Was Any- the tree warm?
1: No oh, shit.
0: It was pointy. Oh damn it. <laughs> but anyway, uh you don't go through something like that with someone and not be bonded with them, right? Yeah. And and you know these people are going to be part of my life forever, and I wanted that and I needed that. Um, I wanted to last long enough to game uh, in the game to feel like I had some agency or impact on, on what happened. Uh, I wanted to make the jury. I wanted to win individual immunity. I wanted to win the game. Now as the the list got down, you know I feel like I'll get the full survivor experience that I have that needs just gravy, but like. These were so important to me that, that it did affect the, the way I played the game. And um, that's from a survivor perspective. From, from a perspective of any competitive game, uh, even survivor, if you're going to play this game so many times, multiple times, that you want to see a real change in your win rate based on improving your play, you really should be enjoying playing the game, right? You don't want to be miserable while you're doing it. So having fun, yeah. even if it's a different kind of fun that, that maybe guy A won't be able to relate to. Uh, that's important, uh, but you know if you're going going to be playing it a couple of times, you have to savor every single moment. So, so having fun is is always important, uh, regardless of whatever type of guy you are. I mean, you you really ha- do have to be enjoying it on some level. Yeah. Uh, and then and then the other non-competitive thing that I think is really important um, would be experimentation. So if I'm going to play a game of Dominion with someone and I see a strategy that looks a little out there, I'm really not sure if it's terrible or maybe amazing, how am I going to know if I don't go for it? And and maybe I'm thinking, well, I don't think this is going to work, but in order to get better at the game, I need to do some experimentation. Right, exactly.
1: And that's how uh, where I want to like come back to the, the, the race between guy A and guy 2. Um earlier that we talked about how like yeah guy two probably wins that race but the goal wasn't to win the race the goal was everything that led up to him winning the race and so um it's okay maybe he tries walking on his hands during one race just to see if that's good and he finds out it's not and now he's a better player for it so This got away from me.
0: But uh, you get the idea. But every once in a while, you're going to find something that turns out is actually groundbreaking and amazing. Yeah, the thing is... You're going to find Hermit Market Square. Yeah, like
1: these these weird things that may not um, at any given time look like they're trying to win that game are still part of the work of becoming a really good player, which is... The, Sometimes you, know, you just gotta Eric Reikinbach,
0: and you gotta if you find an idol, you just have to give it to someone else. You don't know if that's amazing or not before you do it enough times to actually find out. Right. I'm still not convinced that was a terrible move. We'll talk about that later. So the I think the the short version, like all of these things that are maybe non-competitive, um, what can you do about them? Uh, well you can read the room, you can figure out what other people's priorities are, and try and fit within them. Uh, so I think one core component of that is try to not look like you're winning. Uh, yeah, that can be a lot the case in a lot of different... I, I think that Depends on... on it's not every playing. single game, but like if, if, you, if it looks like you're winning and there's more than two other people in the game, they're going to gang up on you. It's only in their best interest, so you, you don't want that. And then also even in Dominion, with with more than two players, there's a social component. You have to play that social component of the game. Yeah. And if you ignore it, you're just gonna lose games. Yeah, just like theme. Just like yeah. theme. And, uh, you know, you can get more detailed, long version. It's more game-specific, and, uh, you know, we can we can go into, to like, the about Survivor. That's, like, the entire game. But, uh, For now, I think I'm ready to move on to our next core subject here. Yeah, let's do that. So, um, some some games, like Dominion, uh, you shuffle cards. Yeah. And, uh, some games, like Survivor, there are random elements. And,
1: uh... Yeah, we did an episode to refer back to here, the role of luck in Dominion. And we talked about how it does and doesn't compromise, you know, the competitive nature of the game. And, Actually, I don't think it compromises the competitive nature of the game at all. I don't think any amount of randomness actually
0: makes a game
1: inherently competitive or uncompetitive.
0: Yeah. It or just you... means you need to play more games to figure out who the better player is. Sure. Usually, so, yeah. So, like, I think poker is uh, the classic example of that high-skill, high-variance game. Yeah. Any idiot can win a hand of poker because he got dealt pocket aces. Right. But if... Idiots don't win tournaments because you have to Play well over hundreds maybe thousands Of hands of poker and you know Incorporate a larger strategy uh, In order to succeed in that Kind of a thing and then and then no Idiot makes a successful career out Poker because that's such an even larger number So even though one particular hand Can have a huge random element right And so Dominion is like that high skill High variance and I do believe Survivor Is also high skill High variance it is However, I do want to
1: point out that the kind of variance you're talking about in Survivor is fundamentally different than uh, the kind of variance we'd be talking about Poker. I agree, and how is that? Well, the thing is, arguably, technically, all of the variance in something like Survivor was 100% in your control. If you get dealt—if you're that idiot who got dealt a hand of pocket aces— um, Or let's say you're not that guy, and you you get dealt an ace and a two, and, you know, no amount of, like, focus or trying or drive is going to turn that two into an ace. Whereas in Survivor, there may be so many things going on that in practice you can't, like, control all of them, and there may be, like, luck in practice, but technically... There was nothing outside of your control at any point
0: So let me give a a slightly more mathematical definition Of I think what you're trying to pin down here Uh, The randomness in Poker and Dominion Is mostly not deterministic randomness Uh It's not something that any player has control over Right. In Survivor, there are a lot of things That can look like random elements And sometimes you can model things That are completely out of you as a player Out of your control As random elements But still they're deterministic Because they're decisions that other players made Now there are elements in Survivor That are truly random That does happen Although it is much smaller than what you would think Especially if you're going to get lazy And yes I said lazy By saying that anything that isn't That's not in your control completely Is a random factor Because it totally isn't
1: yeah, I mean that, that I'm going to agree with that because, you know, something and like I can't talk about Survivor, I can talk about other games, but I can tell you that like something that looks like you just got really unlucky, sometimes what really happened was several decisions leading up to it that put you in the position where you could get unlucky yes. or where that or where that luck was almost
0: guaranteed to be bad.
1: Yeah, so. Um, it's not luck at that point, but you get the
0: idea. If you if you don't know the Dominion side of me, there's a thing I say a lot. Yep. Uh, it's you make your own shuffle luck. And I, I've said it, a variance of it, to a couple yim of yim yim survivor people. Yeah, yim, yim you make your own shuffle luck. It's, it's the attitude that if you're going to blame luck for something, uh, you really need to dig deeper and find another answer. You don't want to miss out on opportunities to think critically about what you've done, and as a result, get better at the game because you're learning from mistakes that you made it's interesting
1: i also play uh, a good deal of overwatch and in that game there is some uh randomness to the competitive uh result because you uh queue in for a competitive game and no matter how good you are you have no control really over the five people that get put on your team Or the six people that get put on the enemy team, and people complain about that luck a lot. But the really high-ranked players, the ones who reach that like ten percent of like uh, diamond to masters, or that one percent of grandmaster, uh, they'll tell you, well, what? I mean, you didn't play like me, or you didn't play like a GM or a pro player. What would a pro player have done in your position? And then they'll come back with like can't be expected to, like, play, like, a pro player or whatever, and, um, I, I'm, in, I'm in gold or, or what have you, but then they'll come back with, well, like, then, if you didn't play perfectly, then you could have played better, and if you play better, you win more games, Yeah, and so that's, that's what we're getting at here as well, is, like, blaming luck is, like, blaming your teammates in, like, an FPS, or, like, blaming, uh, something that was in your mind, out of your control, that mm. really, if you had played perfectly You would have influenced to some degree So you should strive to play perfectly Even if you never get there
0: Yeah, and and just saying that it's because of luck I mean, <clears throat> if it's, it's definitely an intellectual cop-out As far as I'm concerned Oh, for sure Like, you can always dig deeper And you can <clears throat> dig deeper into the mechanics And find the things you could have done better They're definitely there You didn't play perfectly You didn't play close to perfectly And... If you think you did, there's an implication there that you know what perfect play is, which no one does for games that are worthwhile and have random uh, elements to them, like Dominion or Survivor or Poker. Like, yeah, no one, no one has really come close to solving that. And yeah, I know there are edge cases, and and it's yeah, actually really interesting. Yeah. But like, none of the games we're talking about right now are like that. Uh, I'm, I'm reminded of, of a situation in Survivor where. The first four reward challenges of the game uh, had a point system where um, an immunity would be given. So there was a tribal council at stake for the combined score of the first four challenges. We got to the four of them, and uh, the pink tribe had significantly less points. And the information we thought we had at the time was that only the worst tribe would be going to tribal council to vote someone off. And, uh, you know, the the Chula tribe and the green tribe, the tribe I was on, the Chula tribe and the green tribe, we, we both figured out it was in our best interest to just gang up on the pink tribe, make sure they lost this because that was the only way they could be not last. We would both be safe. And then once we ensured that they lost, then we could continue on with what we were doing and maybe play for a reward. In this case, the reward had already been given out, but there was still more challenge to play. It was a little weird, but... The, the point is the pink tribe wasn't happy about this and, and, you know, they complained about it And there were some words by by a lot of them But, you know, as the reality of the situation sunk in We weren't going to risk not being safe So, um, you know, we did what we did And the majority of the pink tribe eventually figured out You know what, that's the reality of it And and what we should have done about it Was we should have done better in the previous challenges, Right? That, that was the right way. Now, there was one gentleman on the Pink Tribe who didn't choose to uh, adopt that attitude, and uh, I don't like this person, and he quit the game the next night, and I had some words to say about it. You can watch the live feed if you really want to. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Be the guy. Be be every other person on his tribe that had some humility, that played with good sportsmanship, and also became better as a player. Because they, they were able to look critically and see what they needed to do or would have needed to do to avoid that situation. You want to dig into the mechanics, figure out the things that led you to that situation that was unpleasant that you didn't want to be in so you can realistically find out what happened and how you could have done something differently. There, yeah, there yeah, are okay. like a, a ton more examples I can give and guess what? I'm going to give them. Yeah. So um, we had a, we have a group chat on Facebook for the final nine of the game and over the last mm-hmm. few weeks... Uh, there's all of this what if I should have done this I should have done this and it, it's so easy for everyone but the winner of the game to um, see oh I didn't win the game I should have done something differently um, what could I have done and and here are all of these things that would have changed the course of the the entire game maybe there you know you're going back there was um, there was a, a a lovely woman who uh, finished fourth uh, whatever I'll use her name whatever I, I asked her if it was okay uh, Anessa, she finished fourth She was so close to winning She really, really had a legitimate shot And she was going through a lot of things That, you know, maybe I could have done this differently At uh, final seven Or final eight Because, you know, the the final five vote was really important needed to go that way, and it did Final six the same way So now you're going three votes back And you're thinking, well, what if I had done this And she even went to me in ninth place And said, I should have worked with you You were loyal to me And we could have done this other different thing and it's easy for me to hear something like that and be like of course you should have worked with me you were the one that was responsible for voting me out you were you made me lose and you should have done it because you results oriented you didn't win the game and so you should have gone with me but like realistically I was not as good of an option for her as what she did right I didn't have a plan I was just I felt like I was in danger and I needed to do something about it it was not good for her (laughs) and it's really easy to look back and see that you didn't win and think that anything you could have changed would have been better but first of all how would you have known that you were needing to do that I mean you only have the information you have in the game and and now that people are talking there's this extra information oh if I would have done this it would have worked out but you had no way of knowing so there's there's that one problem but also you, you don't know that it would have been better because a lot of things would have changed and It has to do with what a lot of people Would have done in a certain situation With different circumstances By the way, they're still starving They're still completely sleep deprived And they're still miserable from the rain And you are definitely a different person When those elements are put upon you I would imagine it's kind of hard to Like have crystal clear decision making In that circumstance You can't put on a front for very long Before it starts to break down And you become who you really are out there I mean, you I can. will address that at the end of this for sure.
1: In in possibly less extreme, or possibly just different, depending on how you're looking at it, uh, different terms you can you can apply that to a lot of different competitive situations where, um, you know, you might be able to look in retrospect and decide whether or not you're correct, whether or not you're even objectively correct, or what have you, uh, what what or wouldn't have been the best situation. But like under pressure, no. um, you know, you it's not. The things that make you good at any given game aren't just your ability to, in theory, make good decisions. They're your ability to make good decisions within the pressure
0: situations that the game mm. exerts upon you. Well, that's definitely a part of the game, especially yeah. a game that that's, has such a huge social component.
1: Yeah, that's that means something different in every game. In Survivor, it's easily illustrated, yeah. because, like, you're literally starving. Um, yeah. <laughs> Whereas, you know, um, certain, like, uh, a game of Dominion even seems a lot more removed from that because you're sitting in a chair. Maybe you're even on a computer and you, you have time to do this stuff. But even then, you, you've got all the pressure of the decisions that you've made leading up to that. Mm. So, like, you know, you, uh, that which is why, you know, I think it's so good in most games, and Dominion, no exception to, like, look back at your play that's recorded over time when you're not in that pressure situation and evaluate. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's just another aspect of staying
0: competitive. Yeah, it's so easy to skip that part and uh, where you ask the question of like being what could I yeah, yeah, like really put yourself in that situation. It's so easy to to not be honest with yourself about it. And and it's also really easy to not think it all the way through and think of every single consequence of the thing that you might have changed. And and if you run all of those numbers And you keep it all in perspective Would you really have increased your chances Of winning? I think in Inessa's case It, it definitely wouldn't have Been a better shot Because she had a very, very good shot Of making it from Final Four onward I, I think the the decisions that, that She should be questioning are the ones that are closer to that and, and I told her that And, you know, it's it's really easy For people who were eliminated from the game By that point to tell her Well, you should have worked with me But I don't. I don't really buy it. I think that I mean she was very close to winning that last immunity challenge. She could have played a a slightly different social angle, uh, and and maybe played up the whole the jury hates me thing, which could have been successful. I mean there were there were things that she could have done differently that that I think might not have blown everything up and just made it worse off for her. Just uh, you know remember one one dynamic to your
1: competitive success is of course not just can I come up with the right answer But uh, now when I'm not under pressure and able to think about it, but can I come up with the right answer at the time under the kind of pressure that you'll be under when you have to make it?
0: Yeah, like, if I'm, if I'm really counting on my next turn in Dominion to be really good, and I know I don't have any Villages in the bottom of my deck, and I just miss the part where I can summon something and save my next turn. Yeah. Like, I- you... You, will, you need to keep a cool enough head to, to be able to notice things like that. Yeah.
1: It, it's easy for a player to be like, well, I see those kinds of things all the time, but the question is, and, you know, some people don't react to that kind of pressure, but the question is, do you see those things all the time when you need to see them in your games, when you have actually made decisions leading up to that? And, you know, maybe... Uh, Something like that.
0: Yeah, and I think the more times you go over post-game and look at those decisions critically and, and find stuff like that, the more likely you're going to be able to do it in-game when it actually matters. Yeah. And and you can tell, uh, you know, the, the people who made it much deeper than I did in that game were able to think more clearly and, you know, find out the information they needed and act on that information in a way that that made sense <laughs> and didn't destroy them for the future and I wasn't in a very good spot, they were able to socialize better, and then they were able to use that ca- social capital that they had in order to make better decisions. And, While they were hungry. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know that many other live <laughs> games will actually starve <laughs> you to the extent that Real Foot did. So I, I think it's yeah. definitely impressive that they were able to do that Might under have even been stress. Could have been... Ill. Well, I mean, I did sign a waiver. Oh, so. ah, okay. And there's that. Well, there there is a... I, I don't want to...
1: I have no uh, legal knowledge. Let's
0: move on. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just make sure you're honest with yourself and uh, about the impact of not only these, these things that uh, maybe look like randomness because you didn't have control over them, but really aren't, or maybe that really are <laughs> random. So, uh, you know, you, you can also do some other things. Um, you can look at situations where you get lucky or unlucky. And you can... You can be happy about the ones where you're lucky Or unhappy Or you can see, like most people do The uh, confirmation bias Of like, uh, oh, I only notice when I get unlucky Right, and then I get really yeah. salty about it Right um, there, there are some things that I mean, it's really difficult to keep in mind I, <laughs> I feel like I'm Better than most people at this And I'm still not great at it Where um, th- There's two, two components First of all um, good players give themselves more chances to get lucky than bad players do. Yeah. So you, you have to constantly be looking for uh, opportunities to high roll and make sure that, I mean, obviously make sure that, that it's a risk worth taking or maybe there's just a situation that's the same, only you have a chance of something great happening to you. Uh, so that's, that's one part of it. And then the other part of it is good things and bad things are going to happen to you. In games of Dominion Maybe not in the same game in Dominion's case But in an 8 day Survivor game You're going to get a lot of both of them And part of improving your win rate overall Is making sure that uh, Number one You mitigate the the downside of that bad luck So you're ready for it You've prepared for it You have a backup plan uh, And you're not totally screwed And then uh, number two When you do get lucky Make sure you convert that into something That's a huge advantage Right so uh, these 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 two things, I think, are um, a much more uh, healthy competitive mindset way of looking at luck and randomness as opposed to throwing your hands up and just saying, well, this was stupid luck. And another way to look at it
1: is uh, something I, I want to just use to come full circle to the uh, foot race from earlier. I know you're sick of hearing about that (laughs) foot race that never happened, but uh, here we are again. Okay, so um, another way to look at it is uh, as somebody who is a guy too and aspires to be the best competitive player he can be, I want you to think about what would have happened if he'd lost that race, how he would have felt about it. Mm. Um, So I want to remind you again that that guy too... Uh, who did all that running, uh, leading up to it, that made him such a better runner? What I mean, what happens if like something goes wrong and he doesn't win the race? He's probably gonna wonder why. What if he gets hit by a bus? Right. He's probably gonna be like, "How can I not <laughs> get hit by a bus next time?" Uh, but yeah, so, he's probably gonna like, you know, maybe wonder why if he like made some mistake. But for the most part, he's remember he didn't do all that running with the idea that one day he's gonna. Be in a race against some guy who jogs sometimes and he's gonna kick his ass just because maybe you felt like you should have won or whatever and you didn't honestly that really shouldn't get to you because it doesn't change anything that led up to that you're the same player after the game whether you won it or you lost it and you didn't remember that like for the most part as a competitive player you don't improve so that you can win any given game mm. you improve so that you can win games and not even so you can win you improve so that you have the byproduct of winning games because the improvement itself was the part that you cared about and whether or not you win in a given game it doesn't change that
0: yeah so you want to this is something i call results oriented thinking if i'm running that race and i get hit by a bus then i think i i you know, everything I did was wrong. Maybe I, I tied my shoe incorrectly, or my he, form was bad. Like, you ran into the bus. Where I, <laughs> I ran into a bus. Yeah, there there are different ways you can you can approach this, and you know, results results oriented thinking can be a tool in your tool belt. Because yeah. you know, if you look at the games you lost, yeah, I guess you're more likely to find things that you did wrong. Yeah, if you see, I mean, there's a place for results
1: oriented thinking, especially if you see a trend especially if you see something yeah. like like you lose in a certain circumstance like every time
0: yeah look at that yeah but but also uh, that doesn't mean you should ignore the games that you win yeah or the th- or even the good things that happen to you because you can definitely make bad decisions and be rewarded for them yeah uh, and you you still need to be critical of all those decisions so like the Dominion example here is uh, you know there's there's an endgame play principle that I like to say don't make it so your opponent can win on their turn. Unless counting on their deck to fail is your best shot at winning. Yeah. Now I think this is a better end game play in a lot of situations, but uh, sometimes you break the rule and sometimes you win the game anyway. Yeah. Does that mean you were right to do it? Probably not. Yeah. But uh, so what? What you don't want to do is you don't want to find the decisions you were rewarded for and ignore them. You still want, you want to look critically at all of the decisions, right? That's that's definitely a part of it. Um, but also like. The other part of uh, where results-oriented thinking can get you into trouble is um, it's really easy to look at the latest decision in the game, the one that uh, right. immediately preceded you losing the game, or your win rate being set to zero, or like, oh, well, the game's over now because of this thing that happened, and so the thing that happened that made the game over, that must be my problem, right? Yeah. But, I mean, you mentioned this before, and it's—I mean that's definitely not necessarily the case, It could have been something you did way earlier That brought you to that situation
1: Right, so, you know, your opponent You, um, your opponent You've got, like, three provinces And your opponent Uh, needs to get five Your opponent pulls this, like, crazy Miracle hand And, and, like, gets five provinces Right all at once Um, it's easy to be like, well, that's crap But What exactly led up to that? What... How many did? Was there some key card that he was just amassing that he just ignored in the meantime? Like uh, how did he? How did he get to the point where that was even possible?
0: Yeah, like maybe you you have a point in the game where your deck is not great, like you're definitely behind, and you feel like maybe your best shot is to take a risk. Like I need to to play for him to dud or me to get a really good draw next turn, yeah. and that's how I win. And it, just because you don't get that draw, oh, I didn't get my. draw, I got unlucky, or I I put myself in a chance to get a 5% draw, I must have done the wrong thing. No, that could have been your best shot to win, and maybe you need to look at the earlier decisions that got you to that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, and uh, one little guide that you would take is, like, generally, like, I think about, like, what is supposed to happen going forward? Like, what's the most likely outcome if things continue on their current path? How favored am I Um, if... You know, and, and that tells me how likely I am to take a risk. So like, if I am already behind, um, well then what's supposed to happen is I lose. And I shake up what's supposed to happen. The only way to do it is taking a risk, like what you just described. Um, you know, Maybe that's leaving that last province in the pile and just hoping my opponent duds. Um, or something like that. Whereas uh, if I am ahead... Then I'm probably less likely to take uh, a risk like that I'm probably more likely to instead uh, Just keep playing along the rails that I think I've set for the game That end in winning
0: Yeah, so it's, it's really, it sounds really easy when Jake says it And you have a lot of experience to back you up for Dominion
1: uh, Yeah, It's uh. recognizing it in practice I, it's, it's,
0: it's simple, but it's not easy yeah, um, so I mean, you want to. Recognizing. I, I think if you want to uh, make this a little more generic or, or maybe uh, apply it to more things, um, I, I might say that you want to try and have some goals throughout the game yeah. and achieve those goals. And, you know, it, that can at least help you uh, isolate maybe what's going on. So if I, I make my goals and I do a great job of making my goals and I'm still totally screwed. Uh, well, maybe adjust your goals. Yeah, right? you probably had bad goals at that point. Right, um, which is definitely possible. You need to be able to, to find the right goals because I, yeah. ideally, what you want to do is in the middle of your game, evaluate where you are, yeah, uh, and figure out where your goals are, and maybe adjust your goals as things happen, right? So, yeah. So this is an important skill, not just for looking at your games, but playing your games and assessing where you are, yeah. There's so you always, know the right moves to make. Yeah, there's always an aspect. There was
1: always like the the two aspects of like gaming prowess or or whatever there's understanding and execution um and your understanding is what helps you set your goals your execution is what helps you achieve them so yeah and
0: and that's exactly what i was saying you just said it in words that made a lot more sense well i said they're different words but um yeah i think they're better words because the other part of that is if you don't achieve your goals or if you're not doing that then it, it can be a little bit easier to isolate well now i'm looking for this goal and i didn't get there should I have been able to get there was it a realistic goal if we assume yeah, that it exactly. was maybe you know maybe i got bad luck or maybe i made this decision that ended up not working out for me or yeah. something like that so uh, you know just be critical of all of that it, it can help you break down not only when you're analyzing post game but you know during the game itself too yeah. uh, and and in terms of uh, how you can measure these things uh, well in dominion you can approximate odds of things you right can, you yeah do back in the napkin math if, if math is your thing to uh figure out oh what are my chances of dudding is my deck reliable or i i know that i have these cards here and i need to draw one of six to get this great thing to happen for me
1: well then you then you evaluate like again uh how in that situation you're taking a risk to get that one of six thing, if you if you have to expend something to go for it, assuming yeah, um, so then you come back to like, well, am I ahead or am I behind? Does does me taking a risk and
0: shaking up the status of the game benefit me or harm me? Right. So yeah, uh, and then in Survivor, I think, uh, I mean, it's it's a lot more subjective. It's almost completely subjective, but uh, sometimes you can reason out uh, certain situations by just thinking of everyone else's. Best move given the information you have and then look for inconsistencies, meaning they have different information than you. Yeah. And then try and get to the truth of that. Where's, where's this inconsistency happening? Am I the one with the bad information? Are they – are we both? Uh, or, I mean, most of the time if, if people are good enough at lying it to you, you may not have that option. So there's, there's still an element of skill there. But um, you have to – in Dominion, sometimes you just go by feel, like how how yeah. good does this deck feel, or how, how good do <laughs> I feel about my position. And in Survivor, yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to do that. And of course, that gets better with experience. But um, you know, it, you can you can even measure some of that in Survivor, like how enthusiastic people uh, seem about alliances they're talking about. And and this was a relevant portion uh, of the game for me. Uh, that, that actually came up for me. I, I used that reasoning of thinking about what everyone's best move is. And uh, I, I approached someone about that. It's like, this doesn't make sense. Why are they doing this? And the response I got was, I don't know, because they're bad. And at that point, I knew something was up. Right? Yeah. I mean, if if that's if you're counting on your opponent to make a mistake, don't. We've said that before. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you think they're making a mistake, then maybe they're not making a mistake, maybe you're missing something
1: right um or you know like think about like why would you consider it a mistake and you know it, does that let you capitalize on it or is yeah that, or is that what they want you to think
0: uh, well yeah <laughs> yeah um uh yeah so um i think i think at this point i i want to Unless you have something else to get to first, I want to kind of move to uh, some very specific Survivor things related to the game I played. Situations. I no, came go for across. it. Um, uh, the the first one is related to the part where um, you know you make a mistake during the game, and you want to catch that mistake and be on the lookout for more places where you can make that mistake so you can avoid making the mistake in the future. Right. Um, so in Dominion, you know, oh, I triggered a bad shuffle, or uh, I played my actions in the wrong order. if I screw it up once, I want to catch it so that I don't screw it up the next time it happens in the same game. And, you know, there's a bigger opportunity for Survivor because the game takes a lot longer, so you're going to have more chances. So um, there was uh, the first challenge at the merge. I, uh, I did not want to win that challenge. I don't think you want to win those challenges. It paints you as a challenge threat, and if you need immunity there, you're probably screwed anyway and you're not going to win. So there was a marksmanship challenge, And uh, a situation came up where someone kind of stepped backwards into the ability to just point at someone and eliminate them from the challenge. And so uh, Amber, who's one of my BFFs after the game, I hope you're listening. Hi, thank you for making it an hour and a half into this podcast. Uh, She she was in that situation. She's like, oh, God, I don't want to do this. This feels terrible. And I raised my hand and I said, don't worry about it. Just pick me. It's fine. And she did. And I was out of the challenge. And uh, I mean, I thought that was great. It had the effect I wanted, but um, also other people looked at that and they said, "Why is he doing that? Like, th- is he done playing? Like, do I want to?" I mean, it was a it was a different move, and I was really upfront and visible about it. Uh, same on the same vein, like I was I was more upfront about some of the unorthodox views I have. Um, uh, I'll talk about the idol in a little bit, but like also just the way i let my emotions guide my strategy and the alliances that i formed in the game that emotions are a much bigger component apparently for the way i do that and i was very upfront about it and i did get some feedback after the game was over so i can confirm this i should have known this in the game right if if people viewed me as too emotional and unpredictable uh, or too unorthodox to the point where i don't know that i can comfortably work with them because i don't know what i'm getting myself into then I would have been better off in the game. These are kind of these are the kind of things I should have caught. I mean, I did catch the fact that I was talking about my wife and baby way too much, and people were getting tired of it. So I I talked about that a little less, and that was great. But you need to do you need to find a lot of these things, and you need to to do that. So even though it's hard to measure how much good it does for you, it seems like it only has upside. So you don't want to miss out on the opportunity. And that kind of leads me into. Um, Let let me just give you a brief summary Of what happened in my game Yeah, sure So um, I kind of struggled to get Like a a social footing in my tribe Like I had some alliances But they weren't really anyone's top priority I was kind of on the outside of this group of six um, And there were only eight people on the tribe So uh, that was not a great situation for me to be in Uh, We swapped, I improved things uh, We merged, I had the potential to improve things even more But uh, eventually I decided that... uh, there was, there was one person I mentioned before Anessa who had a lot of great social connections and I, just, I I decided that whether or not she actually wanted to align with me as much as the other people uh, I needed to invest everything in that relationship because if I'm going to win it's because that worked out and uh, so we, we got later in the game and uh, I found out that Her and most of the the other group was never really with me. Using that reasoning of thinking about other people's motives, I figured out something's not right here, and I eventually got the truth of it. They were never with me. I wasn't in their core alliance, and I was on the outside of it. I needed to change something, and I decided I'm going to go to her because I had promised her I wouldn't lie to her in the game. I'm going to go to her, and I'm going to tell her about this. Even though I planned to make a move against her, and the, the group that she had without me. Even though I planned to do that, I was going to be open about it with her so that I figured if I'm going to win, I'm going to need to repair this relationship later on in the game when she maybe has less power and we're both still around, and I need to still be able to come back to her and say, hey, I'd never lied to you, not even about this, so you know I'm good and we, we can put things aside and work together. Now, I didn't end up being successful in making my move, she used that as uh, something to vote me out. But hey, that was like the last thing I did that made my win rate go to zero. I got voted out because of it. So it's really easy to say, well, why did you tell her about that? You shouldn't have told her about that. You should have just tried to blindside her. She had an idol you knew about. Why, why did you do that? Oh, hidden immunity idols didn't explain that. You can play that after votes are cast, but before they're read. So uh, if you're going to get voted out, you play an idol, and then whoops, you're safe. So uh, she had one of those. <laughs> it's dangerous to make a move against a player like that because uh, they can come back and just eliminate you from the game. Okay. Uh, so if you don't know about Survivor, yeah, it's a little dangerous, but they have to know to play it, so that's usually why you don't tell them. <laughs> right? So, I mean, there was, there was a lot of risk here, but I figured I was in a bad situation, and uh, it's easy to see that and say, well, why did you do that? It seems unorthodox. It resulted in you getting voted out. What's going on? Um, I don't necessarily think that that was a terrible move for me because I was in a bad situation and I was taking yeah. my shot, right? Sure. The real thing I should have improved was getting more social capital on my tribe by not appearing as emotional and, and being a little more predictable, maybe being less upfront about my unorthodox views so that I had stronger relationships with those people. Now with those stronger relationships, I have more information I'm working more closely with these people, and now, when it comes down to it, I'm not on the outside of that group at all, but I'm in just a better position. right. That's where I think the improvement really can can manifest itself, can have a significant impact on my win rate because I was in a bad situation there, even if that move worked out, it still wasn't great. Yeah right? I don't I mean, yeah, I, I could have done some things differently in terms of making that move, and I can talk about those too, but like when, when it comes down to it, that's only a small improvement of what could have happened. And I'm looking for where what are the big things I could have done. And I found them, and it happened much earlier. So, uh, you know, being critical of all facets of my gameplay, not just the ones that are really easy to find or the really uh, big components of what looks like luck or things that are out of my control. Uh, the, the things I could have done uh, maybe were committing a little harder to the move and also... Um, there was Nate who kind of uh, sold me out and told them that I was, uh, that, oh, we're going to make a move next round. Uh, I should have been a little bit more hands-on with Nate in terms of making sure <laughs> He wasn't going to tell everyone what all the plans were and mostly invalidate them. So uh, I don't know that I had that information at the time, so it would have been really difficult <clears throat> to do. But uh, those that's sort of where I'm thinking, the decisions yeah. I'm looking at and been critical of. This is one of
1: those things where, like, even if you couldn't reasonably be expected to, you understand that, like, there was some inkling that you could have reacted to, and so you didn't play perfectly, so you could have played better. Yeah. And playing better helps you win more games. Yeah.
0: Uh, the, another, another thing that people tell me I should have done differently... Uh, lem- so, idols are hidden in the woods. Um, there really aren't clues to them anymore. There used to be, but they're not necessary. So people just go off in the woods and look for idols. Uh, We were at our camp, and uh, everyone was looking for an idol. Now, let me tell you how I feel about idols. I don't like them. Because if anyone finds out you have one, it puts a target on you. And it's a little bit results-oriented, but if anyone knows you have an idol, it just tends not to work out for you. I think it would be better off if you didn't have the idol, rather than if you had an idol that everyone knew about. Hmm. So, um, I was looking around. I, I wanted to make it very clear I wasn't looking for an idol. I didn't want one, but everyone everyone else at camp was doing it, so I, I didn't want to be, you know, socially isolated because of that. So I'm looking in the woods for this stupid idol, and I actually find a thing. I see it there. I know if I touch it, it's mine, which I don't necessarily want. So I'm standing there, and I'm thinking, like, what am I going to do about this? Can, can I get away with taking this idol and having it and have no one find out about it? I'm thinking, like, maybe if I have a ninety eighty to ninety percent confidence that no one will ever find out, maybe I'll take this idol. And I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, well, I'm basically gonna have to put this idol in my pants, and I'm gonna have to do at least one challenge with this idol in my pants. Otherwise, people are gonna know. Everyone knows everyone's looking for idols. I need to find an inconspicuous time to put it in my bag. Like, and, and hide it. So I didn't feel eighty to ninety percent. I thought coin flip it best, I need to get rid of this idol. So what I did was I found the person I was closest to at the time. That was Anessa, the one who ended up voting me out, right? I led her to the idol. I went and I found her, and I said, hey, come with me. And we, I pointed at it, and she went, and she got the idol, her idol. So I gave it to her. It's really easy to look at that move and say, that was a terrible move. Why did you do that? <laughs> if you had the idol, you could have played it, and you would have been alive. And I guess you're not wrong, but uh, I don't think it was all that bad of a move. And the reason, uh, the reason I don't, I, I really thought about it, it wasn't just something I did emotionally or because I, I was just trying something out, right? I really thought I would be better off doing it this way. Uh, it didn't work out, but I think given the information I had at the time, knowing that I needed to put everything into that relationship, um, I figured that was that was going to be good. I knew where the idol was, and... I didn't have any risk of people knowing I had it because I didn't have it, right? And actually, people now know I definitely don't have it. So, uh, that... I don't think it was that bad. Even if I had the idol there, would have got me one more vote. I still would have been in deep doo-doo. So, I don't really like the, the chance there. I, I was more thinking about the potential upside of it solidifying this relationship that I had that I thought was important. Uh, and even then, there were still upsides. Like, if she has this thing and is against me, what if I can outplay her? What if I can get her to waste it? It's a great story to tell a jury. Like there're still upsides to it. I understand it looks really bad, but I mean, I don't think that's where I need to focus on my gameplay to improve my win rate overall. Cuz I don't I don't think it was bad enough that it outweighs all of this stuff that I know had a significant impact on my ability to form alliances and relationships in the game. So, uh, that's kind of my retrospective. That's what it looks like for me to look back on my game and yeah. see what I could have done differently.
1: And that's one of those things where, like, even though you're never going to probably play a Survivor game, odds are, you know, a lot of the people listening to this are probably never going to play that game. Maybe you're listening to this and you are playing that game and you're never going to play Dominion or whatever. Um, But it's still useful to go through that. (coughs) that Stop dying, Jake. Yeah, I know. It's still useful to go through that because... uh, you know this is an example of what a post game analysis looks like and it's transferable to a lot of other games that uh, you'd play so like this is this is the mindset that you look at to keep in a healthy competitive uh, drive
0: uh, yeah for sure um, you we had the coaching series for a while I'm really yeah. hoping now that we have time without the podcast um, that maybe we can do some of that I actually sure. enjoyed it I yeah mean, we can coach each other. Uh, there will be videos to watch and, and I think there's opportunities there um, and if you want uh, I mean I, I don't necessarily want to solicit it now I don't know when I'm gonna be able to get to it but like that's yeah. that's a definitely that's that's definitely a thing that can help and and the the process of critically thinking about it especially uh, when it comes to Dominion I think is something that's that's really good to watch it happen and see what kind of things people are looking for for sure yeah um, finally uh. Since this, uh, again, since you can't stop me, uh, I want to, I just kind of want to talk about my Survivor experience on a personal level, and this is kind of divorced from the topic of the episode, so hope you're okay with that.
1: I am... uh, Powerless to stop me. ...feeble enough that I'm powerless to do a lot of things right now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, being on Survivor, it was on my life bucket list, right? And and I definitely, I definitely feel great about it now. Like, I'm fulfilled... Right now I know it's close to the game, maybe it'll change over time, but like I feel like I don't need to do this again and I can die happy. Right. Yeah. And so to have that experience, to, to know that production goes through time and great expense to put this on for people and, and they chose me out of all people to, to do this. Like I I'm super grateful for the opportunity and I'm really glad it worked out the way it did. Um I had the physical experience I wanted. I got to push myself physically Go through being miserable, starving, wet, cold, all that stuff, and then I won an individual immunity challenge at the end of it. It was amazing. I had I had challenge moments that I'm never gonna forget. They're going in the scrapbook, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean the, that's that's what defines it's a lot of what defines my experience out there. Um, the the way I played the game and the way I was voted out. Um, you know, I wish I could have been more impactful by having my move <laughs> succeed. Uh, I wish I could have gone deeper in the game, but but at the end of it, like that's the way it was, and I know that it's you know I, I'm not going to play 20 games of this over the course of my life, and and to get ninth out of 24 is something that I have no choice but to be happy with. But I really really am happy with it. Um, yeah, and and the most Im- 10. yeah, that's right. the The most important thing about it to me is. Um, the friendships that I made. like There there are two people. There's Amber and Jennifer who I, I didn't spend much time with in the game, who are going to be my BFS. I know it. Uh, there's also Anessa who uh, was a huge part of my experience out there. Yeah. Even though that huge part is ultimately what ended it for me. Uh, it's really easy to get emotionally involved in the game. Trust me, I was. Everyone was. Everyone is very emotionally involved in that game, whether they want to admit it or not. Especially you, Anessa. But... It's, I mean, she was a big part of it, even if that big part was ending it. And the fact that we went through that together, like, we're going to be friends for life. And, and that, that's true for so many other people, but, you know, those are the big players and also the ones that I have talked to a little bit uh, more than the other ones outside of the game. Uh, that's, that's the part that is going to stay with me the rest of my life. I mean, I know I'm going to look back on this. I'm going to have my shadow box, all my buffs and my tree mails and stuff back there, and any goodies that Amos sends me, the host. Uh, I'm gonna have that, but like, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be tied to who I am as a person because of those friendships. Uh, and, and then there's, and then there's this last part, which is a little bit relevant to Dominion. So I went out there and I played the game I did, and I starved, and I, you know, they say who you are as a person, truly on the inside, comes out because you you can't have the energy to hide it. And I know I saw that in a lot of other people out there, and it definitely happened to me. And my emotions were right there on display. But the thing is, like, people were using words like integrity to describe what I was doing. They 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 were calling me lovable. Like, my wife was watching that, and, like, our marriage is way stronger because all people talked about when they were in their confessionals and asked about me is, He's a family man. He loves his wife and his kid. That is the, the most important thing to him. Because that's who I am. That's who I was out there. I expected to be like some game bot, making all these devious moves and lying and backstabbing people. That's not who I was out there. They called me a hero. And I guess I'm just so used to to being vilified in like a, a competitive setting. Like, I don't know, Jeez. the Dominion community. Half of them don't even know anything about who I am and think I'm a jerk and a troll. And the half that do... Most of the facts they have about me are so far away from the truth at this point That it's laughable And that's why they hate me, right? They actually hate me for it And I've been treated really badly by a lot of people And I've had a lot of really negative experiences And I just kind of thought, yeah, this is this is what it's like He's not yeah. just whining, by the way yeah, I, He's not
1: exaggerating either uh, I, honestly, I really try
0: and keep it away from the podcast But I think like, it matters here
1: Yeah, I mean, in the, in the, we're only bringing it up because it's relevant Um... Yeah, like as somebody who, uh, you know, approached this community independently. I guess you can't argue completely because, like, people know I'm associate. I'm Adam's friend, but like, no, like I, having like dug in I, and dug I a told him what I ever, thought, and
0: he disagreed with me for the longest time. I did
1: disagree for the longest time. I didn't believe him. Um, and the more I got to know the players, uh the the different forces behind that the more I'm like yeah everything he just said is kind of true
0: and I was just I mean I was used to it and and I've had you get out there and you're with a new group of people and, yeah and you have this opportunity and like and that's what happened it's not what anyone expected I don't think except no. for maybe my wife but like that's that's what happened and I it was it was amazing like it's, it's not what I expected, but I, I guess I should have adjusted my expectations. So, like, did I lose? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't win the cash prize. Uh, only first place gets that. Most people lose. So I, I didn't really have expectations of that. But, like, I don't feel like I lost. So this is where I
1: think that we can come back to that and say that what you just said shows that you were not actually playing competitively and another point which is again that there is no inherent virtue to playing competitively it's just a preference it's like liking a particular kind of music and the only way that you can really betray yourself as a player and as a person is to try to like is is to embrace dissonance and, and like, try to tell yourself that something's competitive that isn't Or like, not, under, not recognize something as competitive or uncompetitive in this case You had goals and values that were outside of the ones the game set before you You got value out of that But it's not competitive value And there's nothing wrong with that But the reason that this is a positive experience and not a negative one Is that you acknowledge it
0: So at the end of the game of Dominion, even if I lose... Uh, independent of any post-game analysis I do, I mean, I I wish I had fun. And when I do have fun, I try and enjoy that fun. Uh, With a game like Survivor that I'm going to play a lot less, it's much more important to me to embrace that fun part of it. Sure. Uh, It also took longer, so I expect to have more fun from it, (laughs) on average. ROI here. (laughs) Yeah. I I want my fun return on investment. Well, I mean... it was, a, it was a big deal. I was yeah. gone for nine days, right? And yeah. I, I put myself through something huge on a physical level, on a, on a mental level. He my, literally
1: has Lyme disease now. Probably
0: not. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, on a mental level, like, I am still not close to mentally recover. I mean, you might probably notice it's hard for me to even do a freaking <laughs> podcast or just play Dominion. Like, and then on an emotional level, I hadn't been for my family that yeah. long. And, you know, my wife had to take care of the kid all by herself. Like, these are yeah. huge sacrifices. So, yeah, of course, it's important to me to, to get everything I wanted out of this. And, you know, my wife's amazing for supporting me, but there's no way I'm going to ask her to do something like that again. That's just not reasonable. Uh, I um, My expectations were set, and my expectations were met and exceeded. Uh, I, uh, yeah, it was great. Sick. Sick. So yeah, uh, that's uh, I guess that's what I had to say on the, yeah this topic. It's been a while.
1: Yeah, I know, Long and uh, yeah, this is this is the part where we'd wrap things up.
0: Yeah, we would normally do a kingdom, but uh, that yeah. doesn't seem
1: appropriate.
0: Uh, right, because we'd be leaving you hanging
1: for a couple of months. <laughs> um, there will be a raffle. Oh yeah, uh, are going to raffle <laughs> Adam's inhaler? <laughs> um, so. <laughs> If you, uh, if you win that, you could literally have Adam's means of life and death. Uh, yeah, that's how that works, I think. Yeah, you could have the power to save or kill Adam Horton if you win the raffle. Wow,
0: that sounds amazing. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll UPS it to you. Yeah, that'll definitely happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so if, if you stuck with us this long, super appreciate it. Uh, if you're part of the Survivor crowd... Let me know what you think. If you're part of the Dominion crowd, uh, also let me know what you think. You can go to adamhorton.com. You can find our Discord channel, the forums. you can get all our contact information. Uh, you can find ways to listen to the podcast if that's something that you've decided you want to do. If you want to learn what Dominion is and maybe play it uh, with me or us, uh, that's a thing we might be doing soon.
1: Yeah. I mean, even if you don't live around us, online client's a thing. Like, yeah. We can always play there. Teach you there via Skype. Play with you via Skype. Um, make fun of you via Skype. <laughs> or Google Hangouts. <laughs> or Google Hangouts. <laughs> or Discord. <laughs> or Discord. There are so many ways we could do this.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh, we're going to have more time for it, because the yeah. uh, podcast is going on break. Yep. Hopefully we'll be uh, back, I don't know, sometime around October. I don't know. Yeah, October sounds about right. But, you know, don't hold us to anything. And yeah. there may be episodes in between. Yeah. but uh, uh, From Mr. Mr. W. Mr. Winder. Yeah. The old Mr. W. The old Dub Dubs.
1: Yeah, Dub Dubs.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And I hope you come back when we come back. Yeah. To Making Luck: A Dominion Podcast. It's literally not math, either. Like, it's counting. Like you, just it's have, like, you just have stacks of poker chips for things. Like, you don't even have to do math. It's you not, just make stacks of money. Like, it's, I guess, like, you can debate what math means, but, like, it's literally not math. It's arithmetic. Uh, you, so there's, like, arithmetic and algebra and calculus, and then you start to get in, into math.
1: <laughs> right. Um,
0: like, the answer, the answer to arithmetic problems is a number. And then the answer to algebra problems is a letter that maybe sometimes equals a number. And then the answer to calculus questions is an equation. And the answer to math questions is one or more paragraphs.